0: All right, welcome back to Doing Delta, the conversation about all things cannabis, Delta, Kratom, and basically positive thinking, positive lifestyle related conversation. Hopefully, we can get some of these notifications to stop popping up on my on my computer. I'm your host, John X, and I'm here with your, your other host, David K. David is in Costa Rica. Buenos dias, everybody. Nice to be back. Nice to hear you. Nice to be back. I have to apologize to everyone or anyone who was listening to this podcast or picked up on our first couple of podcasts. We had a number of technical issues and other difficulties that kind of pushed us back as far as being a little bit consistent. But we're back now and we plan on being a lot more consistent with our podcast. And I hope that some of you come and you pick up on what we're putting there, which is basically everything about Deltas. And, uh, Dave, so tell me, is it, are you experienced, before we even get into the conversation, are you experiencing a heat wave down there like we are all experiencing up here?
1: Um, right now it is, uh, warm, but I wouldn't say that it's a heat wave. So we're in the tropics and the weather is, uh, weather is tropical and not, not more, uh, Not especially hot for us.
0: Well, right now I can tell you we're baking. It's a record high today, 104 on Long Island in New York right now, and we're baking in. Well,
1: I think uh, people who tune into doing Delta are probably not too upset about getting baked
0: sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) You're talking about a different type of baking. Boom, boom, boom. Thank You're you. You're talking about a different type of baking there. No. That's right. I used to have the, I used Comic to relief. Yeah, I used to have the Should drum not take myself so seriously, right? Yeah. Well, I used to have the drum roll and that would have been perfect for the drum roll right there. To, because like that was right <laughs> on point right there with the yes. But um, that's right. Timing is, timing is important. Timing is everything. I didn't bake today. I actually took one of the tabs. That I got from Owen And his company And I'm waiting to see how Ah. that I'm waiting to see how that reacts Yeah you know Keeps you nice and calm Keeps you nice and mellow on an even keel I've got work to do so I wish I could bake out But I can't bake out That's one of the reasons why we've been Going through so many different things Because my work schedule got incredibly busy In a short period of time
1: Well you know The world right now is in a state of uh, upheaval with the economic impacts of government actions to control and manage the quote-unquote pandemic and all the related economic fallout and the situation with impact on logistics globally. So this has created a lot of disbalances in uh, business situations, not only for us, but for uh, most most people really in the world, yeah. and also uh, in Costa Rica, we are in the process of having uh, marijuana and the entire hemp industry legalized. It's been passed into law, overcome all challenges, and is being unrolled now, and so that's a very interesting time here uh, in this country equivalent to 2018 in the U.S. with the passage of the Farm Bill that made it legal to produce the derivatives that we now are enjoying from the hemp plant. So that's another very dynamic factor right now in my immediate surroundings is helping to um, you know, be, a, be a assistance to the industry here which is just getting off the ground. And we're working, as you know, with the uh, Costa Rican Coalition of Cannabis, and we supply the the CBD extract from Mountain Meadow. One of our vendors is used for the Mocha Magic product here, which is a combination of uh, coffee, chocolate, and hemp extract. And so we're excited about what we're working on here. And we're very excited to get doing Delta launched with the storefront in the U.S, with the online store, so that we can start actually connecting people with some of these healing products uh, via uh, doing Delta.
0: Yeah, it's a shame. We've got such a great vendor list, and we've got so many great people that are tied to our company. I almost feel like I've been letting them down, but it's like what you said with all the economic things, you know, when with um, economic chaos comes opportunity. And that's that's like what I've been experiencing to a certain extent and it kind of makes it a little bit better. I don't know, most people don't realize I'm one of many realtors in the United States of America who actually smokes cannabis on a daily basis. It all depends on how you smoke it, when you smoke it and what you're doing. But right now, the United States is going through a great amount of upheaval due to the pandemic and the changeover, and cannabis is as well. Right now, we've got 19 states in the U.S. that cannabis is now legal in, so we have to give a round of applause for that. Rhode Island is the most recent one, the 19th state. And it's funny you mention that about the economics because one of the things I wanted to talk about is that is real estate and cannabis and a lot of these licenses. I know that you working directly with uh, Costa Rica, you probably don't have as much of a structure of government or oppressive government there. Would I be wrong in saying that? As far as like the the amount of um, white red tape that you've got to cut through in order to get things done? Um. There's probably less bureaucracy
1: to some degree, but actually Costa Rica is well known for being fairly bureaucratic. Um, but because it's a because it's a less wealthy country and there's less money involved in things, it does mean that the bureaucratic barriers tend to be easier to overcome or less expensive. Um, so there are, yeah, lower barriers to entry, I would say, to business here. Um, but there's also there's also a small class who controls imports and many things. And so there's a tariff system that does um, support the ruling class, we could say, so that electronics and alcohol and things like that cost twice as much in Costa Rica as they do in Panama, right okay. next door to us. Oh, so wow. people go across the border and pay half as much for some things. So that's one dynamic which is interesting about Costa Rica. Um, but yes, generally it's easier to do business here. I would I would say than it is to do business in the U.S. But there's also a lot less business and a lot less capital, so those things somewhat balance out.
0: Right, because cannabis is a multi-billion-dollar business already between the legal and the illegal. Parts of it, and especially like the legal has very easily blown past the billion-dollar market. We've got whole states that are paying for educational packages based upon the legalization of marijuana alone. But you also have all this red tape. See, I find it interesting because I'm a realtor in real life or in normal life on my daily basis. And a friend of mine, you know, I've got many friends across the country that are in this business on one side or the other, and they're all trying to get into the legal part of it, of course, because you already have the product, or most of them are are trying to get into the legal product. That's a different conversation completely and totally as to whether or not it's better to mess with the legal stuff than to continue to do the illegal stuff, and um, we're not going to sugarcoat anything on, on doing Delta because these things do exist. These places do exist. Before it was legal, if you've been a smoker for over 20 years, you've definitely been breaking the law. (laughs) In one form or another. But a friend of mine has a license in New Jersey. And they're attempting to get a, get a place within a township. And one of the biggest problems that they've come across is red tape and ordinances. Ordinances that are such that you can have a store legally, but you can't open it within a certain amount of distance between a school. It can't be um, around certain neighborhoods. It can't abut a neighborhood. So there's a lot of work that goes into doing the surveys for this to find a place that's actually legal for you to have a cannabis business. And one thing that they came up against was that they got the license for the space and they're looking for the place and there's only really one place within their town that can actually legally fit all of the criteria for a store. And guess what's what the situation is with that storefront? Can you guess? What would you think, Dave? I can,
1: I can guess that whoever owns it is not a fan of marijuana.
0: That would be one obstacle that you could face. But actually, what's happened is that the larger one of the larger cannabis companies has already um, partnered with someone close to in the area and in the neighborhood. And they've done the research and they did the survey and they actually bought the location. They bought the location, not now, they bought the location about two years ago. And so I did some research and I asked some other people what they were going up against. And what I found out is that many of them are in places that that they actually have found places that actually fit these criteria where the rent would normally per square foot be around 2000 $3,000 a month. And what these guys are asking for, what these companies are asking for is double and triple that amount on a monthly basis. Two thousand the worst I've heard was two thousand a month for a place that's right there and they wanna charge eight thousand a month, which effectively is a forceful way of making them become a partner with you in your business because that's going to drive the price of Bud up. So how are you gonna make those how do you think those people are gonna meet their margins when they're paying such high rent? You're already paying a premium on security. You're paying a premium for banking in many spaces. Um, There are a lot of banks that still aren't processing payments from marijuana places. You run the risk of a lot of different things. Is it worth it to be a legal business, you think, Dave?
1: No. No, I think for most people it isn't. And I think um, as the industry is maturing in the U.S., um, because it is such a big business, and a growing segment of the economy. That therefore, the big money is coming in to take over and take control and push the small people out. And so I think it's a very difficult time to be a small operator in various aspects of the business for that reason, um, which we can see clearly in what's happened to uh, so many small farmers who were convinced to get into hemp and then lost their asses um, by growing a bunch of great product and then not having anything to do with it. there's just a big oversupply of hemp flour uh, in the market right now and a lot of people did a good job and lost, lost their butts on it um, because of the big people who come in and have economies of scale which a small guy can't compete with and they undersell the small boutique type of producers and drive them out of business and that is a big, a big problem and and a, just a dynamic that everybody in the industry has to be aware of now. And I think our situation even it shows some of that directly, where you and I have each been working on doing Delta and then at the same time having to pay the bills, and and so we see. No, it's not easy to to start a small business in this field and just. Have it all working the way you plan because of all the small factors that have to be negotiated and then putting money on the table, which also you're talking about real estate. Well, I'm a small business person locally in the cannabis uh, space and have my clientele that I, I've had the opportunity in this difficult time while we've been trying to launch doing Delta to really see who my clients are and what their needs are that I'm filling, you know, who do I really matter to? And that has been helping me to regain my enthusiasm and, and confidence about this because I have, like I told you, I have an order of uh, pain salve from mountain meadow on the way Ordered a word a box, a big carton of that. Um, I have several local clients, Uh, who are urgently in need of it now and awaiting it, and nothing else that they can get or that I can find around here locally for them works as well as our pain cell. One is an older woman who's had a variety of accidents and problems and lives with a lot of pain. Uh, Our pain cell allows her to be able to walk to the beach and go out and do things with her husband that she hadn't done for years. Another is a young woman in her 30s who's a local vegan chef and person, and she uses it for premenstrual pain and makes a big difference in her life. And we have a, a guitar player in his uh, 60s who's a professional guitar player who can't play the guitar unless he's using our pain salve. So these things are reminding me the essence of our mission is to help people. And that's what we're here to do, to present information to people that will help them make positive changes in their reality. And then as far as, you know, you you again talked about the real estate. Well, I've also been just on the wholesale end of our business. I've been helping mom and pops get their job done. I've got a client in Alaska, provide distillate and isolate to him for his CBD product. That's Frontier CBD. I've got um, Wesley in Georgia is a honey farmer who buys Delta 8 from us to mix with with honey. So we're excited about being part of these small business people who are making a difference and are doing business with integrity and to be a part of that and to be a link to the best of what the world of not only cannabis products, but any naturally derived Products that are going to help people achieve a greater balance and equilibrium in their world is something we're interested to represent and talk about.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned a lot of the small businesses that we deal with. We've we actually scaled out we've actually scaled out with one of the with some of the larger manufacturers as well as some of the smaller guys and a lot of the larger manufacturers they actually started out as small guys and we're both in a lot of the cannabis groups and you see a lot of people that are there trying to sell their products and trying to gain a foothold in the business and in the industry. And I always wonder, like, where is the balance going to come from in this industry? Because one of the main questions that you get from people who are curious about buying products online is, how do I tell whether or not these products are good products? So here on one hand, we've got these larger companies like Vitality THC. You know, I I love Owen because Owen does all of this different testing for his products he's actually been proactive and he's not a user And that's the most interesting part about it he's not a user and he really got into it just to like do what's better for people and there are a lot of little guys and a lot of little companies out there that are just trying to pop up and they really do want to make a superior product and they're really trying to make a superior product and to help people Because that's generally like, it's a stoner vibe to basically be a little bit laid back and easygoing and not be all rah-rah all of the time about different things. So I just wonder, where's the balance going to come in? Because I know a lot of the regulation is really not welcome. Um, People have been getting stuck in jail. I have to say, you know, I have to say really that
1: Lawyers are the ones who end up drawing the lines that people have to operate within, and those lawyers work for the people with the most money. And the ones writing the legislation and establishing that are driven by the more uh, powerful elements of whatever industry. So the rules will be made in such a way to benefit them, and the people who are going to be able to thrive are going to be those who correctly understand how those um how those lines are drawn and then can intelligently operate within them. Um if you try to just go around or ignore or not pay attention to that, you're likely to get ground under the wheels. So I think it's important to pay, pay some attention to those larger industry trends or actions of the people who are quote-unquote on the other side of the small guys so that we just, you know, make sure you're not you're not sitting where the elephants uh, meant to uh, take
0: his nap. Oh, definitely, <laughs> exactly. And you know what? There's a lot of there are a lot of great places out there where you can actually get free ro- resources online. I'm in a number of different groups that send me uh, newsletters and different information about what's going on legally around around the world, and some of them are actually sponsored by some of the bigger companies. My first seminar that I went to about three years ago, that was um, that was sponsored by I believe it was Canna in California. And they were trying to come into New York and they were looking to work for work with different people in the New York area. So it isn't all a bad thing. But when I look at things like the zoning that's going on right now, I mean, in the United States of America, it's okay to have a liquor store on any corner especially in the hood. You can have a liquor store on any corner. But cannabis, they're making all of these different regulations that make it a little bit more difficult for people. Even if you get the license, you're still going to have to bring in other people. The pockets still have to get paid. And um, I know you don't get to watch much TV in, in Costa Rica. Do you? you don't really watch too much TV, do you, Dave? If no, any. I don't. They've got the series... Uh, very little. They've got this series on HBO right now called Anarchopoco. And it's a lot of people, and it just shows how um, a lot of anarchists were moving down to Acapulco, and it shows the story. And it's, like, really in, in deep in-depth with all these things. And one of the things one of the couples did was they were selling marijuana in Acapulco to people who were in that community. And one ends up, one ends up getting killed because he goes into a different... He goes into something deeper that we don't discuss because I personally don't partake in that. Um, what other people do is their business, but I personally don't partake in that other stuff. But generally the, the gen- generally, the reason why I mention it is because of the fact that it shows how these people started out as anarchists, and then they got into Bitcoin. And then it became about getting rich. Once they got into Bitcoin, it kind of like took away from their mission of anarchy that's what i took from it i could see that it was more about making money there was another story that was more prevalent but that's what really came out for me the simple fact that once finance got into it
1: yes i actually had a podcast about five years ago called crypto jungle and Talks, you know, all about uh, blockchain technology and the industry. And there's a dichotomy because there was a thing called Assassination Politics. It was an essay that came out long, long ago. I don't know how long, maybe in the 80s or the 90s. And uh, this is one of the introductions of blockchain technology, lead to. Um, decentralization of power and increase in personal freedom. But that aspect of blockchain technology has become subservient to the profit motive in people and the uh, cryptocurrency field, which is touted as being anonymizing and empowering of individual freedom, Has instead been co opted by the investment community. And it's now become another place where we can observe the boom and bust creation of bubbles and the tricking of the common person to come in and jump on. And, you know, so it's another boom and bust cycle that's been created within the blockchain community, which, as you point out, is a distraction, which, and I guess in this case, Nakapoko, taken to its you know extreme example shows you okay well following that profit motive then led that particular person into very dangerous uh, side of that um the the end justifies the means
0: mentality because mm. once you put money into anything it's like you put i should say big business or our profit model into anything it kind of Gets in there and it messes things up. This is not to say that you know both both you and I. I can say honestly is that neither one of us is like against making money or against the profit. I think is it safe to say that Dave, you're not against that?
1: No, of course. I even I'm not even against capitalism. I I'm in favor of uh, of capitalism and the free market. I just think that what we have is actually more of a. Oligarchy, um, semi fascist state where the barriers between big business and government and military are not adequately um, fortified. And so there's a lot of uh, shadiness going on in how the law is administered and how business is done. So there is not pure capitalism, just like there is not pure communism. And the free market is controlled and restrained in a lot of ways. So I'm more in what would be called the Austrian school of economic thought. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I believe strongly in the power of individual enterprise. And that we should be relatively unburdened um, by bureaucracy. Although I think things like, to some degree, consumer protections are are a good idea and are helpful, but I would lean on the side of making things less encumbered by bureaucracy and red tape.
0: I can agree with that. The problem with the problem is that once you start talking about getting about consumer protection, that automatically gets people's like undies in a bunch right there, because that's what they'll say. Well, that's the beginning of bureaucracy consumer protection they come in under this umbrella and then they go under another umbrella and i say like the same way that you come in under the umbrella of capitalism and free market and you end up where you're actually more of an oligarchical type of system you really expressed it in the best possible way where there are certain people that are allowed to make money And other people that aren't. And when I say that, I don't mean that to be racial in any way, shape, or form. Because generally, it's like what most people don't. In this country, you know, I know you're not in this country. Most people are not. They're for the system. And they believe there's this belief that we're not rich. We're not rich now. We're just temporarily unfortunate. (laughs) and um
1: yeah well you know it was rooted in american consciousness from the time of the robber barons and the industrial revolution the idea of rags to riches and the ability for anyone to raise their level and then even shown in our modern modern culture in especially in pop music and pop culture where you show you know you see these young guys young usually guys but anyway young people. Who are flashy and have the world at their feet and everything because of their own talent. And so when you can point to a 20-year-old kid like, look, he's a millionaire and he's got it all and whatever, then obviously it can happen is the psychological message being delivered. So this is the continuation of the Horatio Alger rags to riches' stories of the 1920s to encourage the young people of the world to just work hard and do what they 're told because if you stay in the system and, and really have what they would call luck, pluck, and virtue, so if you stick with it and a little bit of good luck and then be a good good guy and just keep working hard for the man, then you can get ahead and you can win and so that message has been you know imprinted in the American psyche both to our benefit and to our detriment so if you're one of the people who will pick yourself up by the bootstraps and really hustle and has enough of a sense of yourself and your idea and and whatever it is to really make it happen then that dream works for you but many it's just a tool to keep them in their place and keep them doing what they're told with this carrot at the end of the stick that they're chasing that they're never meant to get to
0: never they can't get to not empowered to you get know,
1: there? Right. Not empowered so to I, get there? So I'm in the cart. The, the the business model of many is to become smart enough that they can get into the cart with the stick and the carrot and mm. make you carry the cart for them. You be and the mule. Many people. Yes. You be so the this mule. This is the game. The game is don't be the mule, but make other people the mule. So here's the, these are the choices we're given. It's like, okay, you can be the mule. You can be yourself and really make it happen and then they're following you or you can or you can just be you know tricked. and if
0: you don't make it then it's someone else's fault and um, right. you know and that's it and don't blame me don't look at the guy up here look at this guy right next to you that he's the one that's causing you to be unfortunately um not able to sit down in the cart with me at this point
1: and like, yeah,
0: exactly. And 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 the thing is,
1: we like, could be, we could be going down the road, and you'd be like, "Oh, this is so bad," and I can't believe that this cart is so heavy. And then I'm driving the cart and say, "Say, yeah, you know, they make these carts heavier than they should." And those damn people who make the carts, <laughs> all you know, they need to do this differently. Uh, I'm with you, right? And if I'm good enough at saying that, then you're going to believe me, like, yeah, those damn cart makers, right? Exactly. Then it's my cart. <laughs> Exactly. I know we're stretching this metaphor, but it's a good one. No,
0: it is a good metaphor because like you and I are both and people will listen. It They'll probably listen to this and say what, you know, but the thing is that we have to we have to um, I'm more of a realist and everything like my thought process is that not everybody can be a corporate, a a, um, captain of industry. You know, you're not meant to be a captain of industry. It's the same thing like when these kids are like trying to make rap songs in order to become that big person. Well, you don't have any rap skills. So it's like it's unrealistic. And really, people usually lay, you usually end up somewhere below that point. My friend always says 85s, fifty eighty fives. 85s. Um, fives and um, or 80s, fives and tens, something like that. And 85% 85 of people are just like average and they're never going to be special. And it's hard to think about that. You are special. You're special to the people that you know and that are close to you. But as far as like being a captain of industry in this world in which we exist, that's probably never going to happen. You're never going to aggregate that. Like me personally, I'm not a rich guy and everything, but I've aggregated some pretty good deals, and that's what I like to say. I'm an aggregate for finance. I help deals go along, and I take my piece of that, but I've never really tried to apply myself in the way that most others have in order to become a land baron or become that person because I'm happy and content being what I am for the most part. You know, if I, the way I look at it is if I go any further, then I'm that guy that's like 24 7 on the phone, and I've never aspired to be that. And I think that that's, it's important that most people get the idea that it's okay for you to just be who you are. And that's not something that we're really teaching people today. And that's why cannabis is good, because it makes people sit back and just say, fuck it. You know what I mean? (laughs)
1: yeah i mean that's a two that's a two-sided sword too so yes i do and then one of my um, counter feelings about marijuana and the entire thing is that i think the reason it's been allowed to flourish now is that it does also have a demotivating uh effect on people and tend to make people say yeah fuck it relax so as our people in power are misbehaving and you know not behaving according to how we feel is you know legitimate or fair then there is a tendency to just say fuck it and get high and not worry about what's going on because it's easier than dealing with it i can agree with that yeah, so I think it's important to recognize both sides. And for example, when you mentioned Owen and said he's not a user, that I think is important to mention that you meant by that he is not a user of marijuana and didn't grow up as yes. a marijuana smoker. But he is a dramatically a user of cannabis and all you know, his entire life has been turned around and changed. It's why he's in this business because he was able to go from a bunch of steroids and drugs and feeling like shit to feeling fantastic and off of all of his other all, all of his uh, drugs and pharmaceuticals, so that's a very important thing to mention is is that these products are a tool for you know what is that word homeostasis the body's continuous um, balancing of all of our different systems in our in our being, and that's what we're after if we continue and if we go about representing that that to me is a business model which can't be defeated if we just look to be like of benefit to the people we are of benefit to and emphasize that and explain it just like if i have a handful of customers right now for my pain salve who it's making a profound difference in their life i need to recognize that notice that i'm going to get video testimonials from those people we'll have on our website You know, like this helps me, this changes my life and this is how it does. And it can help you. And that's what every every good advice I hear in our forums of, of the hemp industry and CBD and everything. The good advice is always that get down to who is your customer? Who are you helping? How do we help people avoid pain, stress, recover from injury, get better sleep? Like that's it. And, you know, that's the bottom line. I have people who ask me, I need, to, I need to sleep. Can you help me? We need to have clear answers to simple questions. Right. Yeah. And if, and if we do that, and any small business person, anybody listening to us, it's the same thing. Don't get caught up in ideas of making this or that much money or if you're thinking on a business strategizing side of this instead of thinking about helping people, you're going come to come into trouble. So I think keeping the keeping the business activity mission focused is is a great way to protect yourself from many of the pitfalls of trying to, you know, ride the trends or something
0: and exactly what you said is one of the reasons why things have gone the way that they have because we are trying to focus more upon helping people and making it things happen for us in a positive way as opposed to just trying to run through and make the most money out of it um as personally like you know it's been a it's been a financial loss so far and it may continue to be a financial loss i want to make more money so that way i can possibly lose more money you know (laughs) but as long as we get the message out there and we get it put out in the right way eventually maybe that'll turn around if not then we'll be something for the archives forever but dave i'm gonna wrap this episode up dave we're we've been back we did it (laughs)
1: We, Woohoo! We did it, it was brother. A lot of fun, and uh,
0: yes, we did. We're doing Delta again. Yes, doing Delta again. And I don't know where our next guest is going to be, but I think that we're going to try to come and hit you with at least a half an hour once a week, so that way we, so that way you guys can become more familiar with us. I'd like to work a little bit more with some local groups. Find out what's going on. We can discuss what the platfalls are, exactly where you're trying what we're trying to do and of course bring some of our great vendors up there who are supporting us and let them tell you about the great products that they have. And just so you know, anything that we have that we're going looking to sell on our store, which is not being which is not fully in the works right now or fully being worked on right now. These are all things that we've tried, we've given to other people to try. We know that they're actually quality products. We've looked at the laboratory results. We're actually doing our research on these products. And also, we invite other people to come in and make comments. Send us an email. You know, um, info at com. Let us know what you want to hear about, what you want to know about. Dave, you got anything you want to add?
1: Well, let's just say that we hope and expect that Doing Delta will be Able to be bought from because we have clients waiting to buy at doing Delta. So we hope the show
0: will be up this month. Thanks for listening to Doing Delta and for John X, David K from Costa Rica. Peace. Pura vida. Pura vida.